Welcome, listeners, to Connect the Dots. I'm Allison Rose Levy, and I'm here with you every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Progressive Radio Network. Each week on Connect the Dots, we connect the dots between, well, I've been saying this for 10 years, um, between you, your personal well-being, and everything that's going on in your community, your society, uh, and our ecology here on planet Earth. Each week on the show, we connect the dots between all of those things um, to look for the ways to create individual, community, societal, and planetary well-being. Uh, and, of course, uh, at one point early on when I was doing this broadcast, an editor from the Huffington Post said to me, oh, you're all over the map in terms of your interests. And I think today more than ever we can see um, the need uh, for interconnecting all of these things rather than looking at them in silos. Uh, which And, of course, we've been doing that on our show over the last 10 years with different authors, uh, healers, scientists, experts, economists, um, political folk, all kinds of foodies, all kinds of people coming together to share their aspect of everything that's going on in our interconnected world. And, of course, now it's more vital uh, and up front and center for everyone uh, during this time. Uh, and I'm delighted, actually, to have returning to the show someone who is uh, offering some terrific um, opportunities in regard, you know, in terms of understanding, uh, healing, and moving all of this. Um, my guest today is Maya Sucrete, um, and uh, she's an MD, a neurologist, also an herbalist, an urban farmer, and the author of a best-selling book, The Dirt Cure. Healthy Food, Healthy Gut, Happy Child. Um, and uh, the book has been translated into 10 languages. Um, Maya has been featured in the New York Times, the Chicago Tribune, uh, the Dr. Oz Show, and a whole bunch of wonderful other places. Uh, she's the founder of the Terrain Institute, um, where she teaches terrain medicine and uh, earth-based programs for transformational healing. And um, we'll be hearing a lot more about that today. This is, I think, Maya, your second appearance on Connect the Dots, and we've been continuing our conversation, uh, you know, off the show in many, many different ways. Um, so it's great to have you back talking about the work um, that you're doing now, and which, I, you know, is highly relevant to, I think, what so many of us are, are thinking about and uh, you know, recognizing the need and, and the urgent need to work on. So welcome back, Maya Shatree, to Connect the Dots. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. So, um, you know, one of the things in some exchanges that we had prior to the show that really struck me in what you're saying, um, because, you know, as we're looking out at, you know, reports and maps every day of the coronavirus as we're looking at um, economic collapse and uh, in the societies, we're looking at a highly beleaguered political system. Um, you know, there's just so many, and the intersection of all of these things, um, you know, it's extremely challenging for people and overwhelming uh, because it's almost as if we are, um, you know, suddenly inhabiting a very different society and world, uh, and for many yeah. of us also, it's affecting our health uh, and yeah. the health of loved ones. And those worries are uh, uh, affecting and infecting all of us. Um, and so one of the things that you 
you know, mentioned, uh, which I think really right away kind of helps open uh, a door to reframing and looking at all of this for people. Um, you called it a collective period of initiation. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much in that that can help us if we can really uh, come to understand that. Could, could you tell our listeners, you know, what you mean by that, what you see there in that regard? Sure. So I've studied extensively um, with indigenous elders and teachers over the years and with my own family, which has an indigenous ancestry. And there's something so interesting um, about these kinds of periods of time. In indigenous society, it was the shaman or the medicine person that played this unique role of undergoing um, an initiatory experience, or many, and would go through these periods of um, what we would call a dark night of the soul, right? And in this process, um, would experience a sort of dissolution of self um, and, and then would return to reality, um, you know, common reality with, um, you know, as someone new and different and really more powerful um, and in a sense would connect and learn the language of the earth, they might say, and take on the role of healer leader. And, um, and so I think when, whenever we go through our own initiations, and all of us go through these periods of initiation in our life, usually um, it's a, a, it could be a kind of loss. It doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like, you know, for some people, you know, it's a very initiatory experience, for example, to, to um, give birth and have a baby or to, you know, bring a baby into your life, just as one example. But also there can be losses that lead us to that, like, um, you know, loss of a relationship or a job or, um, you know, or of a loved one. And we go through these usually individually, not usually in this collective way. But when that happens, we're kind of catapulted out of the normal, out of the normal everyday existence. And what that does for us, right, because we would never choose those experiences. We would never willingly go into these kinds of experiences, these initiations. Um, but but what, it does, what it does for us when we do, right, to be forced out of the norm is that we look at the normal, what we've accepted as normal, with new eyes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, what that means also is because so often we live in a, a, our normal everyday reality is actually not very good for us in certain ways. It's not necessarily what we need or even what we want, but um, it's, it's so difficult sometimes to step outside of that or to make the changes we need to make, um, you know, they feel too overwhelming or scary or whatever they might feel, um, that being catapulted out of it, it sort of creates a, a very fertile ground, not in the easiest way or even in an easy way at all, but it creates this sort of opportunity or invitation to um, think about, you know, what we what we what could be right and in that healer leader role you know the role of the, sh the shaman or the medicine person in society um is to be a bridge um between what is and what could be 
And so here we are right now in this moment um, or this period of intense uncertainty and fear and, um, you know, kind of chaos. And, and here we are kind of seeing all the cracks in our society, some of which many of us were already aware of, you know, and have been talking about for a long time. I know you have been and I have been, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's much more apparent now when we're pushed to the edge in this way. And here we are now in this um, place where we can think um, or start to think of what could be, what, how could we build a more compassionate, just, equitable, sustainable world that takes into account all living beings? Yes. Yes, that is, that is the question. <clears throat> and the thing that is um, so ironic about it at this time as well is that, you know, many of us have <clears throat> been on a path uh, and together to trying to um, create that possibility. Um, and yet uh, with this current initiation, it seems, um, you know, both more desperately needed and also more out of reach because even though, you know, we're all <clears throat> sheltering at home and everything, the larger drivers of the society, uh, the government, the media, the, um, you know, allied forces, they continue to function and drive on and make decisions, um, you know, without regard. And so obviously that can be very galvanizing, um, but people are actually, uh, through this whole process, um, you know, isolated, siloed, and, you know, in a, a, a much more disempowered role. We can't take to the streets, you know, for example, uh, and other things. So, you know, it's, it's um, you know, I, I'm not trying to play dev- devil's advocate here, but I'm just pointing out how, um, you know, ch- challenging it is to conceive of this as an an initiation into, you know, something that is good and what we want, you know, because usually when we um, kind of undertake healing healing practice uh, of any kind, you know, it's always in in the hope of and in the service of higher goals. Um, but it's, you know, it's ironically, you know, it's, it's the call to that now and to see this as that opportunity um, is ever more challenging because it's, you know, it's, it's actually occurring in a time of, um, you know, uh, narrowing or, or uh, you know, at least temporarily where we are today as we have this conversation in March with, you know, the uh, everyone hunkering at home to limit the spread of the virus. And, of course, that could potentially be different in a number of months. But to see this, as an initiation to a hopeful scenario um, is both very inviting and it's, you know, I mean, wouldn't that be fantastic? And it's also, you know, we need to have more pictures of what that would look like um, Mm -hmm. because it's really seeming like the opposite right now. (laughs) Well, right. So I'll say a few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll Mm -hmm. say a few things about that. You know, yep. one thing is um, 
I want to make sure I remember all three. <laughs> One thing okay. is, you know, that, um, you know, and and this is to play devil's advocate a little bit to you. Um, Good. It, you know, to what you said is um, that really um, many people, if not most people, when we did have all of this freedom and we weren't hunkering down at home and we weren't, um, you know, restricted in that way, mm-hmm. actually weren't taking to the streets either. <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. I I would just say, you know, all, you know, not That's to true. say that, that many of us aren't being active, aren't, you know, advocating and putting mm-hmm. out our messages in the way that we are, all of that. But in a sense, and this is something I've been, you know, really wrangling with myself is, you know, by showing up every day and living life, you know, in the way that we do, we're upholding a system that actually many of us um, really have a problem with at a fundamental level. And Mm -hmm. it's very hard to know how to extract ourselves from that. But now we've in certain ways, really been extracted. It, it wasn't will, it wasn't on our of our own volition, but we've been extracted. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things about healing journeys that I've seen both as a doctor and in my spiritual work that I've done, you know, for myself and with others, is they never, they rarely look pretty. <laughs> they rarely look easy. And at the beginning, um, very often there's a sense of fear and terror and um, and uh, worry that you're never going to be okay, that we're not going to make it through, you know, in, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It feels, it, the, the uncertainty and this sense of sort of stepping off the cliff is, um, or having right. been pushed off the cliff um, is, is very intense. So, you know, it isn't that it's, it, it isn't that it's so simple to, to be able to foresee exactly how this path is going to look. And I don't, um certainly, you know, I, I'm not saying um, that this is, you know, there's a, a formula and it's, you know, going to look mm-hmm. like this and that it's going mm-hmm. to be easy. But, but another thing I would say, too, is that, um, you know, is that uh, what I am really holding space for here and what I teach about um, in my program is the idea of working um, and, well, thinking and working in nonlinear ways. So, um, you know, you were saying in the very beginning when you were talking about your your program and connecting the dots, which is such a perfect, you know, name for what you were talking about, and I think it's something that I do too, is taking a lot of disparate topics. Like, you know, when I show people a book idea or, you know, anything. They always say, oh, so many different things you're, you're talking about, you know. And um, mm-hmm. it's sort of the idea of how do we bring together lots of different disparate ideas and, and wisdom and science and, um, you know, practice and from different areas and bring them together mm-hmm. in, in this multidisciplinary way to create something new, a new perspective, a new paradigm, a new way of thinking, a new way of living. So here we are in this position now. And one of the things I'm, I'm starting to see already 
glimpses of what could be, right? I mean, we don't mm-hmm. yet know what it will be, but we know what could be. And what I'm seeing, just as some small examples, I'm seeing a lot of people now planting gardens, asking, how can I plant food? You know, they're thinking about the food system, which is something I've been talking about for decades, and I know you have also been talking about, um, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about, oh, like, I, you know, where can I get seeds and how do I plant them and um, how can I prepare food? What do I do with a turnip? I've never really cooked those before, you know, whatever. So people are thinking about where their food comes from, sourcing seeds, how to plant, connecting with soil and earth, how do they prepare their food? And this is maybe something they've thought about before and maybe not. So there is this, mm-hmm. there is this you know, whole um, freedom garden or victory garden idea that's kind of coming to life that's very um, powerful, I think, and transformative for many people. I think um, people are, this is something that, that can't go back, you know, to where we were before. People are now thinking about the food chain in a way they never did. That's one example. I'm looking also at, you know, the kind of creativity that's coming up from um, medical teams and scientific teams. So I just saw that at Rice University, um, you know, a team there put together in a very short time using a 3D printer and, you know, um, very inexpensive parts, a, um, a ventilator that's only $300 to make that might not hmm. be for the sickest people, but could support people who are in less dire circumstances that might support them that might be able to mm-hmm. be produced in some way. So, um, you know, and, and I could go on. I mean, look at also, like, I saw pictures um, from someone in Boulder where there were bobcats just walking the streets of Boulder because so many people were indoors that they were actually, they have pictures of their, of, in their yard. And, this, and the animals are just walking freely. And people are saying in Wuhan, um, for the first time, they heard birds singing. You know, in years and years, because normally it's so polluted and we're seeing the smog lifting over areas because of the lack of, um, you know, production, production, production. So I think, you know, these are glimpses. They're not, this is not, you know, set in stone, right? Like the the future that we're moving towards has to do with Mm -hmm. each of us and the actions each of us take and the thoughts each of us have and us all being present for this and engaging in it, but I think the possibilities are flashing in the future so we can see them and be drawn to them and take steps in that direction. And I think, um, you know, I think that's very powerful, you know, that's a very powerful, in a sense, very powerful place to be, to be able to see these glimpses. Um, And then the question is, Um, rather than thinking of ourselves as isolated from each other, in certain ways, of course, we are, is to be thinking about how we can connect. And I would say, interestingly, in the past two weeks, um, I've probably been in contact with more family members and more friends than I've, you know, directly and kind of, quote, unquote, randomly, than I have in maybe the last year. I mean, and it's not that I'm not in connection with people. Um, I'm not a hermit, 
but, you know, people reaching out and saying, how are you? What's happening? You know, just this sense right. of, of connection. So yes. I, I think it really has to do with how we want to frame it for ourselves and what, where we're kind of willing to walk. But, of course, there is a big, you know, we are in this um, place of uncertainty. And I, and I actually would say one more thing. I think when we're in this place of fear, you know, um, where a lot of people are kind of trying to shut that down and say, oh, like fear is going to suppress your immune system and, you know, all these kinds <laughs> of, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't know what they want from people. Like, hello, emotions are valid things and they come up. Of course, we don't want to get on the fear train and ride off, you know, the cliff, but we, you know, I, I yeah. actually think that where we are right now is in a state of relief. Like, I think we've been walking around with a lot of fear, but we suppress it and we compartmentalize it and we, you know, design a whole life around avoiding that fear and not having to face that fear. And here we are yeah. having to confront it in and, you know, all of some of our greatest fears are right in front of our face right now, and there's nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. And while that feels so terrible and uncomfortable, um, you know, it's also this opportunity, in a sense, to um, re release all of this fear and come to terms in some way, in some way, you know, mm -hmm. piece by piece, mm -hmm. step by step. It doesn't happen magically. It's not simple, but, you know, to, to kind of get to know it and, and maybe it becomes, you know, a little less scary. I, you know, I read this poem today on a Facebook Live and an Instagram Live I did called The Guest House by Rumi. And in it, he talks about um, entertaining, you know, entertaining all of the different unexpected visitors and he's talking about feelings. Um, mm -hmm. And he says, you know, it may be clearing you out for some new delight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, maybe that's, that's what's happening. Yeah, I think uh, I really am, am completely with you on, um, you know, on that. Because, uh, you know, I mean, there is actually, when I mean, this is obviously frightening for people. I mean, there's no question about that. But it's also true that, Having, um, you know, being in this position of uh, giving over uh, the authority, you know, for the running of our society um, to people who do not cherish human or other life, are not uh, humane or forgiving or uh, understanding that, you know, different people need or feel different ways about different things is actually quite terrifying. And then that very terror then drives us toward, you know, another group of people who, you know, are paying lip service but are very mixed uh, in their ability to follow through. So all of this is actually frightening. So, you know, and, and then our lives, our healthcare system, our educational system, the future of our children and all of that hangs in the balance. Um, but, you know, as we get kind of in tune to just sort of run with that uh, because that sort of seems like the best bet. You know, the fact is we've been carrying a lot of fear, uh, outrage, and all kinds of emotions all along, you know. And so 
also sitting, you know, sitting with our fear, working from home, helping to educate our children, take, you know, being with people, connecting with people, you know, all of that is actually, you know, it's bringing that to the fore and it's actually providing an opportunity to deal with what is, has been there all along. So in a sense, I do see what you're talking about there, even though I was kind of, you know, um, playing uh, devil's advocate with, with you around some of that. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's all. There is opportunity in all of that. And I've had the same experience of connecting with a lot of different people. It's like everybody wants to kind of touch base and, you know, kind of like rediscover our connections with people and stuff like that and make sure that we're connected at this time. Um, you know, what are some of, you know, you're uh, leading a training a six-month immersion into indigenous and earth-based approaches. What kinds of indigenous, um, you know, studies have you yourself done that you're bringing to that kind of work? Well, so I'll tell you a moment about my own, one of my, one of my own periods of initiation, um, you know, mm-hmm. so my, my three children are all real spiritual teachers to me. I do think children can very much do that for us. And my youngest is, you know, I kind of call him my highest spiritual teacher <laughs> because um, mm-hmm. he's really, he's really in a sense been my muse um, in this journey that I've been on, um, always kind of called me in the direction I need to go in. So he first got sick as a one-year-old and my journey of um, kind of helping him um, trying to kind of solve the mystery of what was going on with him, which had turned out to be a, a severe soy allergy, which took me into um, where does food come from and GMOs and pesticides and soil and ha- brought me to writing my book, The Dirt Cure. Um, mm-hmm. That was sort of my, the first leg of my, of my journey um, as a parent, as a physician. And, and then the second leg was um, many years ago, um, after we had gotten his food good and we had him on, you know, botanicals and gotten him outside more and, you know, fresh food and all the different things that we, um, you know, that, that I did to help him to heal, um, we found mold in our apartment and moved out for five months when they gutted a certain area that had actually, it turned out, make, was making him sick again. And we moved back in. And he, um, you know, about two weeks later, the whole place had been, you know, the epicenter was the bathroom, and um, it had been totally gutted to the studs. Everything had been cleaned. We had gotten rid of, like, all of our upholstered furniture. I mean, it was extreme and clean. And we came back, and he went to take a shower two weeks later and had a seizure in in that room. Um, Thankfully, was not yet in the shower and um, had never had a seizure before. And, you know, Knockwood hasn't had one since, but... Um, I came to him, you know, and was holding him afterwards. And, of course, it was really terrifying uh, in that moment. And um, the one thing that I knew more deeply than anything um, was this wasn't a physical problem. Because I was really doing probably – I was one of the only at that time um, integrative pediatric neurologists in the world doing, you know, botanicals and – and, and food and nutrition and mind body and, you know, all the different kind of arms. And he was getting all that kind of support. And I knew this was not a physical illness. It was 
it was a spiritual illness, that it was something that I didn't yet have the tools to treat and that I had to learn them. And um, Mm. that was like this epiphany that I had in that moment where I just knew that there was something more going on. And so I went um, through a journey I won't, you know, get into all the details of, but I found um, a woman who was a PhD in ethnobotany and a fourth generation shaman. Um, And I followed her to Ecuador and I studied there um, with different, with her and and, um, different um, indigenous communities and then started to study after that um, with other um, indigenous communities and with other teachers from Africa. My family comes from Morocco um, and, and the Atlas Mountains. And so I started to learn more about African healing as well in my own culture. Um, and in the process, what I learned is that in indigenous communities, there's, um, there's a, a whole different paradigm about what physical healing looks like. And it really is broader. So first of all, you know, we're all considered to have a physical, emotional, and spiritual body. And all of them need care. Now, in our society, we really have no language around our spiritual body, you know, as, as anything. I mean, mm-hmm. there's sort of a religious component to it, but that's not what they're talking about. It's not religious. It's something, you know, inherent to each of us. And, and in this paradigm, when, our, when, when we're not in good spiritual health, um, or good emotional health, then we're not in good physical health. Physical health is downstream. What's upstream mm-hmm. is our spiritual and emotional health, okay? So that was a very important, you know, kind of um, awareness to have. And then, and then good health has to do, and when I say health, it's something larger than just, you know, our physical body and how we feel, but the health of the, ourselves, our families, our our homes, our communities, our world, okay? So that has to do with each of us. And it, mm-hmm. it comes from being in good relationship with ourselves, with those around us, and with our place, with the, with the land, the living beings and the land of where we are. So this, is, this whole picture um, you know, is what kind of became clear to me as I went deeper and deeper into um, my, my own initiation as I, as I studied with um, my different teachers over the years, um, you know, where I went and I, I learned with com- the communities and learned from the elders of those communities and was given permission to share certain um, you know, knowledge and bring that to the communities here, um, to my students. Um, So once I was able to put that together, I started to really understand how, first, obviously, you know, I knew from very early on in my medical training what was really missing there. But what I was able to do was to access certain parts of myself that had really been shut down from almost childhood because, you know, the time I spent with plants and, you know, kind of interacting and making my little potions and things that I did and that we think of as childlike things to do that were actually very real. I think children actually have incredible um, knowledge and kind of we talk about 
the indigenous mind. It's, it's a whole different way of thinking about and confronting situations and problems and interacting is thinking about, um, you know, in a much more comprehensive and cohesive way um, and collective way. You know, if we talk about thinking about seven generations ahead, that's one example, mm -hmm. but also thinking about um, all living beings and the decisions that we make and not just, it's not, it sounds overwhelming if it's not something we're already doing, but it's actually not because we're part of the community and we're all interconnected in this way. So, you know, my own journey um, that I thought was actually about, you know, healing my son in a certain sense, that's how it was, that's how it began. Um, or that was my awakening. That was my initiation, that beginning. But what it ended up being was um, a healing of myself, for one thing, you know. And, of course, mm -hmm. I think as may, many of us know, hopefully know, but um, has definitely become clear to me doing the spiritual work and spiritual um, kind of guiding that I do with my, my clients, my patients, and my students is that, you know, in order for us to heal the world, we have to start by healing ourselves. Everything is a mirror. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I felt that way when Donald Trump was elected. I thought, okay, like, we've chosen this. We've chosen the hard medicine to take. You know, we, we could have chosen mm -hmm. it perhaps, you know, could have chosen some mm -hmm. other way of, of, the, of taking this medicine. And maybe, you know, like, we could have mm -hmm. had, you know, let's say, you know, like, access to health care for all and, you know, um, and, and uh, higher education available for free or for very inexpensive and forgiveness of student loans, right? That could have been an option for us in some way. And this was the medicine we chose. And there was something, it seems clear to me at the time, and it's not, I'm not glib about this because it's, it's obviously caused a tremendous amount of suffering for a lot of people, a lot of us, um, and especially mm -hmm. people who have, who have, don't have privilege in this, you know, under the auspices of this administration and in this country. So I'm in no way, you know, being sort of glib and spiritual about it. But in fact, you know, there's, it seems to me there's a big healing that needed to happen um, when he came into office and that he was going to come and, and he has been the ugliest. Um, and I'm, you know, obviously being very clear about my position on this. Um, but but really bringing kind of the ugliest parts of any one of us in the most visible way. Mm -hmm. All the, and even the politics, right? I mean, he's he's so open about his kind of quid pro quo position on things. Yeah, he's it, it, mm -hmm. it's like that. We've known that has happened in politics behind closed doors. He's opened all the doors. We see all of it. We're seeing everything hanging out. And how can we? You know, it's it's so galvanizing in many ways, and so awakening, and um, you know, to really see it so clearly, we are finding. I think what it's doing is kind of forcing us to look at the ugliness of what is happening in our country and in our yes. world, and and committing to yanking it out by the roots. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I know, don't know that we're making that commitment, but we are seeing it. And it's not, it's kind of interesting because, uh, I mean, some people see it, but it's also possible to hang out, you know, and kind of avoid seeing it um, if you, you know, are not looking to the places that are shining a light. 
But with this whole thing, people are now, and, and so it kind of reinforces your point in a way, people are now experiencing it, you know. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're coming from a place where, um, you know, there's an experience that is looming and that some people are having and others are, you know, seeking to avoid and, and all of that, which is, you know, this health experience. And um, so, you know, and that's different from both, a, a, you know, a, a cognitive but not lived knowledge or a cognitive denial and not lived knowledge, you know. So there is mm-hmm. a progression there. So it's really interesting. Um, I'm now beginning to kind of catch your view of, uh, you know, how our choices have created a kind of progression. And even though it's kind of the progression that from a preventive strategy viewpoint, which is, you know, how many of us think in terms of both healthcare, you know, how can we prevent or lessen something? Um, and also we can think that way politically, you know, how can we uh, prevent climate change through, you know, on earth honoring practices and, and other kinds of things, um, you know, but, you know, we're kind of moving I mean, prevention, I believe, is always and still possible. Um, but, you know, we're getting to see what is on the other side of prevention. Um, and it, uh, you know, and and not only see, but to experience, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really warming to the whole idea of this as an initiation, um, you know, in a sense. Uh, you know, how do you... Um, what is your training about? Uh, you know, you're, you're doing this Terrain Institute to treat uh, um, certification program. As we've mentioned, six months of indigenous and earth-based approaches and tools. How does that work? Uh, you know, what, or, or is it an online program? You know, who's participating? Uh, what kinds of tools are you uh, offering? Yeah, absolutely. So... <clears throat> Um, basically, my, my, you know, and, and I think one of the things that does happen during these periods of time, and it did happen for me during my own individual process of initiation that I um, began to describe before, is, you know, you can mm-hmm. get these epiphanies. Like, I'm telling people, well, keep a journal nearby or, you know, be ready to record into your phone or however you like to do that because there are going to be things that you're going to realize that are just going to kind of come through for you all of a sudden. And, um, you know, these are things that are, you know, you may, you know, you may not be able to access them again. And during these periods of time, we suddenly can have like a kind of vision that we wouldn't normally have. So um, for me, I was called to do something, which was to bring this wisdom to um, more people. And I think there are a lot of people who, have a sense that the world could be something different, better, you know, um, more compassionate, more more just than it is. Um, yes. And they've had their ideas dismissed or belittled or ridiculed. They felt isolated or lonely or like the only one who sees what needs to be done to build this world, you know. And um, they know they have these gifts and it feels like – they can't access them to to bring them out on a on a larger scale to make the kind of changes they wanted to make. So for me, what I felt 
I was called to do was to create a container, um, which is this six-month program. And um, in it, there's community, there's mentorship, and then there's this certification um, where we explore um, basically how to work um, to be in alignment with the wisdom of the earth, kind of getting back into our indigenous minds, rewilding, um, and I can talk a little more about what that looks like, kind of looking at how we got to where we are right now, um, mm-hmm. and then how to put it all together, each individually for themselves, because you know what, what that looks like for each person is different to become a heart-led leader, that healer leader I talked about in the beginning, where you know mm-hmm. we come through, we've come through these challenging times. How are we going to be able to become heart-led leaders to build and bring in this new world that's calling to be born? So some of the things that we explore um, are, you know, there's, there's, it's online. It's available to, you know, anyone anywhere in the world. We've had people from Australia and the Philippines and Germany and all over the world. Um, and, and it's for all people. So, you know, we've had many, there have been many doctors and healthcare workers in it, but, um, but that's only been about maybe half or a little less than half of the people who have done the training. Um, we've had professors, we have, um, We've had entrepreneurs. We've had. Uh, we actually have someone who was previously a, a startup kind of um, uh, Wharton grad, you know, corporate kind of person who um, was interested in climate change work, and she's running for New York City Council now. After going through our program, mm-hmm. she decided that she was called to do that. Um, you know, we've had. Uh, we had a media mogul, you know, someone who ran a, a publishing company who did it. So we've had all different kinds of really interesting people. And what we do is we explore, um, first of all, what are the gifts that we have as sensitive and compassionate people, you know, because mm-hmm. there is this view in our world as it stands right now that, you know, um, it's all about being productive and being hardcore and being efficient and being, you know, but really like looking at what um, gifts we bring, you know, looking at the science of intuition, looking at the heart-brain connection. There's a beautiful body of science. And this is, you know, looking both, I, you know, I'm obviously, um, you know, have a science background and I'm a little bit of, you know, like a science geek. So on the one hand, I like to bring in science in an accessible way, you know, and, and ground it in mm-hmm. that, um, which is a language mm-hmm. a lot of us understand, but at the same time bring in kind of also um, ancient wisdom, earth-based wisdom, um, and kind of marry the two. So we're looking at the science of the heart-brain connection and um, what does intu- what role does intuition have in leadership? Um, what role does being compassionate have in leadership in this coming world? Um, what role mm-hmm. is it, you know, what role do we have bringing in things um, like the rights of the earth? And um, we look at the science and wisdom of plant consciousness, um, and we look at the science and wisdom of animal consciousness. We talk about um, master and teacher plants like psychedelics. We have a whole module on the science and sacred of psychedelics, um, you know, and kind of looking at the ins and outs of that. Um, so, 
So there's a whole context. Um, I talk actually about the European witch hunts quite a bit. We do a, a deep dive into what happened at that time because that was another very initiatory experience over actually a couple of centuries, not just, you know, mm-hmm. all at one in one deep moment where, um, you know, women, wise women, herbalists, midwives, um, elders were attacked but but at that same time, it, there was also the beginning of really um, aggressive colonialism and slavery and the and the attack of indigenous people and um, and also at that very same time, that very same period, the birth of the modern scientific method and the work of Descartes kind of um, kind of coming in and 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 separating us in a certain way from the earth, creating this false separation that we are observers and that, you know, nature is separate from us, which is, you know, something that's really being debunked. So, um, you know, I believe in a sense that we're still, yeah, in this post witchcraft, Mm -hmm. post uh, witch hunt period, (laughs) in a sense, in post witch hunt era, Mm -hmm. and that we need to actually, um, sometimes being able to look at it gives us a little bit of a sense of how do we um, free ourselves? How do we move through and transform it? Um, so these are the kinds of topics that we explore. And then there are meditations. Um, I believe very deeply that, you know, we're, we are all so encouraged to stay in our heads and be very cerebral about everything. And in a sense, that actually allows us to um, keep a distance from mm-hmm. um, what we need to do and sometimes yeah. doesn't really hold us accountable Um, for the emotions that come up and the work that needs to be done. So, you know, we do meditations to kind of, I sort of think of it as a head, heart, hands, heal, right? So head is our lectures, heart is meditation, hands is rituals that we do using plants, working, you know, with um, ancestors, doing a lot of of, um, you know, nature-based, and that doesn't mean we have to be outside for all of it if we can't easily get outside, um, there are ways to do it in your home, but um, all of these rituals that we do each month and then heal. How do we hold ourselves accountable to heal ourselves, heal our communities and heal the world um, in a heart led way? Hmm. That's beautiful. That really sounds wonderful. Um, how do people get in touch with you if they want to participate or learn more? Um, so basically the best way is to um, go to uh, my website, which is um, drmaya.com, D-R-M-A-Y-A.com slash certification. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually open for registration now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they can go there and, and learn more um, about the details. And also... Um, I'm offering for um, a little bit longer a free training on earth-based practices um, for challenging times, tools to navigate challenging times. And that is at drmaya, D-R-M-A-Y-A dot com slash webinar. So those are two ways that people can learn more about this and um, obviously reach out if they have questions or, you know, thoughts or are wondering if this is right for them. Mm, Wonderful. 
it's a great opportunity uh, for people to, uh, you know, kind of get onto a new track uh, within themselves and in relation to all that uh, we're aligned with and to kind of realign or check our alignment or, you know, all of that, as well as find Well, and I think we're in such a changing period. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think yes, a lot no. of us, like, you know, the economy is changing, the world is changing, and, you know, what I really was kind of in a, at first a little, you know, wondering, well, do I, do I open registration right now? It feels, you know, it's such an uncertain time, but I actually think, you know, we also bring in guest experts. We have, um, we have weekly calls um, and trainings that are, you know, recorded if people can't be there so they can watch them anytime. But um, we bring in people who actually um, can teach about uh, leadership and getting work online, amplifying your message in different ways so that, you know, we can kind of think outside of the box in terms of um, how we're going to show up um, as leaders and amplify our, our work and our messages. Hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, that sounds really, really wonderful. And uh, and also the earth-based practices, I think, are really important and grounding right now, um, given, you know, the fact that this microbe has come and is circling the earth. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, I think it's really an important time to do that. Can, can you, we have about... Um, not too much more time before the show closing, maybe five minutes or so. But um, could you just share your understanding of, you know, the best way for people to, um, you know, approach the current pandemic according to your perspective? We can skip things like hand washing, you know, uh, that have already been said a million times. But, you know, what what is you? how do you look on it and what do you, um, you know, re- recommending people uh, you know, understand or do, and anything that you would have to offer in that regard. It doesn't have to be a complete plan or anything like that, obviously, in five minutes. Of course. Um, you know, my point of view, and, you know, this is why I called my institute to the Terrain Institute, is, um, you know, and I write about this in my book, The Dirt Cure, as well, is, you know, we're not just sitting ducks waiting around for something to come get us, you know? There's a lot, you know, I could get into germ theory. We could do a whole nother conversation about it, um, you know, and, and sort of the, there, you know, the flaws in germ theory, which is not to say that there's not a, you know, right now we are contending with a virus and we need to pay attention. We need to wash our hands. We need to do, you know, we do need to mm-hmm. stay apart physically, um, you know, all of those things, but um, we're not just here kind of waiting for something to get us. There are very um, science-based, actually, um, ways, and I talk about this on, you know, my social media, my Instagram, my Facebook, um, and and on my emails for people who are on my email list, um, obviously, as well as with my patients, um, about just basic things like nutrients, eating lots of vegetables, not eating a lot of sugar or drinking a lot of alcohol right now, which for some people I know is very challenging because those are places that we might go when we feel stressed. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, minimizing ways that we suppress our immune system, maximizing really good nutrition, um, that's profound. Eating things and drinking things that are bitter, 
um, actually stimulates your, the immune system in your ear, nose, throat, and in your digestive tract. So you're actually protecting yourself from the virus when you, um, you know, are eating like dark leafy greens, when you have a little bit of coffee, actually, that's a bitter tonic, you know, there are actually herbal bitter tonics, drinking a very strong cup of uh, chamomile tea or um, dandelion root tea. These are also ways that we can stimulate that bitter kind of activation of our immune systems. Um, You know, taking a good multi-mineral and multivitamin, making sure that you're getting vitamin D orally if you're not able to get outside, or even if you are able to get outside, um, doing that little extra boost for yourself, um, making sure that you're nutritionally um, sufficient, you know, that your reserve is built. This is all about building the terrain, you know, and we do it physically and emotionally and spiritually. And as I was saying earlier, all of those things are important. But right now in this moment, Um, thinking about the physical terrain and building that, making yourself more resilient um, is I think one of the most important things you can do. Um, One of the best things I've found, believe it or not, for my patients who have had this and I've guided them through it um, is fresh ginger tea. So cutting up, you know, about a thumb or a little larger than a thumb sized piece of ginger, boiling it in water for like 10 to 20 minutes boiling it and then simmering it, um, and then put a little honey in it and just drink that all day long. That has been one of the most healing practices for the people who are dealing with the respiratory symptoms of this illness, believe it or not, along with doing the nutrients like we discussed. So um, there are very clear ways to build the terrain, and that's what's going to help people, I believe. Thank you. That's terrific. Um, so that, that's just wonderful. Thank you for offering that too, so people get that kind of takeaway. Um, you know, it's been wonderful having you on the show, Maya Shatreet. And uh, you know, people, please do go to drmaya.com and look at uh, her terrain course and her other offerings and uh, get more information. And you know, it's just been wonderful having you on again. We've had this. We, we've done the show before, and I also did an interview with you uh, offline that, that kind of was the foundation of some of some articles I did on regenerative agriculture. So you truly, you know, have been a pioneer on connecting the dots between food, the earth, and health, uh, and it's great. Uh, you can also look for The Dirt Cure, Maya's book, um, for more about her work in this regard, listeners. Um, so thank you so much, Maya, for being with us today. Um, and it's just been a joy to have you. And it's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's really been fun. We'll be, you know, we'll be talking more, I'm sure, on Facebook and elsewhere. You know, this is the time of conversations, it seems like, more and more, which for me it's always been the time of conversations. But, uh, you know, it's it's great. And, And I love what you said about that, too, and how important it is for people to be reaching out and connecting. Um, Thank you, listeners, for being with us. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Progressive Radio Network. Uh, Be well, stay healthy, be safe. Uh, And, and, you know, I I usually say keep marketing forward in company with all our relations, but I think now we'll say um, please sit alone and (laughs) please sit at home comfortably with all our relations. (laughs) 
Until <laughs> next time, thank you. It's been great being with you all this week. I'm Allison Rose Levy here with Connect the Dots. Be well. Well, 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 well.